little Jamie. Hey, there you are. Sorry, I was. I was like sitting here and I'm like, man, I, I wonder, usually we do Skype and I'm like, I better check my other email account. And then I was, <laughs> so I was like, oh, there it is. Boom. There's the Zoom, the Zoom Ooh, link. So, man, that was, that was toast, man. I, I've been switching off from Skype because Zoom is so much more stable. Yeah, it is. It's a lot more stable. So sorry about jumping on at the last second. I was sitting here going, man, I better check that other email account real quick. Ooh, so. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing too, man, because, um, um, we, we've got the, serious conversation tonight jamie walden man we'll be talking about omega dynamics we're gonna talk about surviving the apocalypse the, the world is going crazy and you as always are at the tip of the spear of, of bringing back um really manhood and uh and 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 strength to people to sharpen iron in people's lives man to give them give them the tools that they can be productive and successful through all of this yeah, man. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. I just, yeah, I, I believe what I'm, what I'm preaching and I practice what I preach. So, <laughs> Hey man, tell me, tell me a little bit about, uh, about your base camp there. What's going on there? Tell people about it. Yeah. So we, we've been out here a year and a half now and we've been just going, you know, balls to the walls with uh remodel and construction and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's here outside of Durango, so southwest Colorado, and we have like a lodge and like shower house and eight cabins on it. And then um, we're slowly building out more as we put in infrastructure and uh, actually building it into a network of what we call faith havens all across the U.S. And so we're trying to create a, an uh, underground railroad network of these faith havens, for lack of a better word. Oh. Uh, cause the time is coming, it's coming quick, quicker than most people realize. So yeah, in the meantime, you know, we, we started a, a church plan out here and then there's constantly people coming through here and staying at the camp and fellowshipping or, you know, doing service projects or obviously enjoying the mountains. Like we're like a tourism hotspot right here. So it's kind of a catch all, but it's, uh, a part of like a bigger network that we're building out of these faith havens. Mm. So f for those of us who have pull behind campers, one could say pull a camper out there and then uh, help you out a little bit while they're there. Yeah, we have seven full RV hookups, full wet wet RV hookups on wow. the property too. Really? Yeah. Uh huh. Well, yeah, we have people coming in all constantly with all kinds of campers and off-road rigs and overlanding trucks or whatever you know mm -hmm. we're just kind of a catch-all spot mm. so so uh what's a what's a faith haven a faith haven is like uh you know it, it throughout scripture the lord established um cities of refuge and also spoke several times over to a uh um safe haven it actually uses the word safe haven and so I just felt burdened there a couple of years ago to really, um, what's it look like reading the handwriting on the wall, realizing that we're in 1938, 39 Germany, knowing what comes next in 1940s Germany. It's like, how do we, how do we get out in front of the curve? Cause there was all kinds of, um, you know, um, Europeans all across Europe that saw the handwriting on the wall and there was tangible practical preparation that they entered into they were they were putting in the infrastructure they were creating the networks they were getting the stores of food they were putting false walls in their house right or yeah. our rooms or whatever the case mm -hmm. were ahead of time when they weren't going to be flagged or be on the radar in anticipation of what they knew was coming because of the rhetoric 
coming out of Nazi Germany. So then that gets into even like the reality of, um, you know, with Ocasio-Cortez or Clinton or whoever making these comments about we're making lists, right? Mm -hmm. They're like the naughty Santa. They're making lists and they're checking it twice. And so when you see this, you, you have this constant theme coming out in the, really since the Obama era, 08, and of them pronouncing, making pronunciations of their hit list, which is top tier, white conservative Christians who believe in the end times, right? We've we've so, seen those documents come out not only in the DHS trainings, but also in the FBI trainings and FBI bulletins. So it's like, I, I always go, dude, I'll take them at their word, right? Like, let's mm -hmm. keep it super like simple, like Barney style, right? Like the big purple dinosaur, like super childlike, like keep it down Barney style. And it's like, uh, they said they're making lists and that they're going to execute the list one day. I'll take them at their word. Mm -hmm. So that presupposes a degree of, you know, a wise man foreseeing danger coming and planning accordingly, but a fool going on and suffering for it. Mm -hmm. When you talk about that list, now I recently got banned forever from YouTube. Um, uh, maybe forever. Five, you got the forever banned, huh? Yeah, for maybe five or six hundred videos gone. Um, they oh, said I was man. a, I was a, a an offender of the worst kind. Don't and in fact, I think they said don't even try to you know, to, uh, submit a, a, a challenge to that, you know, they, and really I didn't even, wasn't even talking, it wasn't out. I think the main thing was talking about the S H O T. Can I say that? But this is rumble. So it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. but, but anyway, so, and it wasn't, even, you know, it was a guess that said it, well, their, their algorithm went back three or four years and they found other things. I was like, well, how long did it take you to find something? You know, weren't you looking the whole time? But anyway, they said is egregious was a word that they, in the letter, egregious offender. And uh, of course, all those videos are gone. So half of my website, wow. <laughs> so now half my yeah. website, just where there's supposed to be a video, there is none. But, uh, so we're talking about tracking. We're talking about making a list. I don't know if that makes the list. If the, if you get banned, well, why would you be on a list if you're banned? They've already shut you up. Although I'm I'm still here. I'm still still doing it on Rumble. Right. And I'm on Amazon Music and uh, Apple Podcasts as well. So I'm still out there. But uh, this list, though, do you do you yourself modify what you say when you're on a program like this, or when you're say if you have Twitter, which I don't. Uh, I may go back because it seemed like a, a good guy owns it now, but Twitter or Facebook, do you modify what you say to keep off a list or you think you're already on that list and it doesn't matter? No, not, not at all. Like, it's like at this point, you know, for lack of a better word, I really don't give a crap <laughs> because I'm, I'm already on, I'm already on not one list, but all kinds of different lists. And so <laughs> I mean, it's one on. of those things where, where when you know and understand the, the, the depth of, AI, right? Quantum computing, D-wave quantum computing, AI technology, their algorithmic infrastructure that they have in place, right? They have they have achieved, and, and I know it's hard for people with a normalcy bias to really understand this, but they, they have already achieved, it's not future tense, a counterfeit omniscience and a counterfeit omnipresence. So I say that word counterfeit because obviously their whole pursuit from the fall of Lucifer, Isaiah 14 and, and elsewhere and, and even the lie in the garden is their pursuit is to be like God, you know. And so even with the 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 implementations and the rollout of these different advanced technologies is all in pursuit to be like God, counterfeit omniscience mm -hmm. and counterfeit omnipresence. And the the nature of the AI 
algorithmic um, functionality of things with quantum computing, with social credit score type stuff, which is this is a soft rollout. You you being kicked off of YouTube, me constantly getting strikes. This is a soft rollout of a social credit score. The the the, the cancel quote unquote cancel culture from the big tech companies is just the beginning because every single one of us or anybody who speaks uh, in any negative way against a, a lucid, the Luciferian elite, they are being quantified through algorithms. There's not physical humans doing this and they're constantly being bumped up in their pecking order on the list of who is absolutely unequivocally a potential threat, right? There's mm -hmm. been Steve Quill or others that I've talked about for years, you know, the red, red list, blue list, and the green list. Uh, I believe that was a DHS insider that came out probably, shoot, I don't know, 15 years ago now saying that they, that they had that capability. And so um, you're not fighting against humanity per se or like, like let's just say some, some libtard, right? Can I say that word? We're on a wrong absolutely. Goal, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Like, like you're not fighting against some some libtard in skinny jeans with their, you know, every orifice of their body pierced and mm -hmm. and their genitals chopped off, trying to be something that they're not. It, it's actually a higher level of battle that, in the natural, re realistically, and I always try to deal with things realistically as just coming as as a combat warfighter, right? And and given analysis on these different emergency, uh, emerging trends in our world around us is, is you in the natural, you have no fight against them. I mean, it, it, it's you, you, you really actually cannot because that's how ubiquitous their control mechanism is. And this is all the infrastructure for the B system. So again, I said in the natural, you can't fight against it. However, in the supernatural, that's where we wield weapons of warfare that are mighty to the tearing down of every stronghold and every false pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Mm. So, Well, let me ask you something here. We're entering into the full-on age of AI. And uh, in Revelation 13, it uh, looks like it starts around, um, we could start with three, but let me start with four. And it says, and they worshiped the dragon and gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who's like unto the beast, and who's able to make war with him? And then there's this, this, this next one in number five. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemy, and power was given unto him for forty and two months. There appears to me that this beast might be what you just mentioned, a quantum supercomputer, and that power is given unto this computer to make decisions, and this decisions then, of course, it will speak to the people, the recipients, or to the world, or to people, countries, or leaders, it will tell them what it has analyzed of, of, of an action that they should take. And they've already, yeah. they've already, there's already AI computers coming out with this, some kind of chat bot of some sort that AI is running. And I think it says that basically white Christians should be killed off or something. It has no, no like for them at all, which is interesting. It's already built into this beast system. What do you think about that? Could the, could this beast, yeah. Because who, how can you make war against an AI computer? You can't shoot him. Where is he? You know, right. Where, and 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 it even goes further in the scriptures, and it says, and he will make war against the saints and overcome them. Mm -hmm. So so that's why I'm like when we're dealing with things empirically uh, and just straight straight Bible prophecy 101. It's like that's what you can anticipate. And so we're starting to get more and more clarity, kind of like even in fulfillment of Daniel, you know, it says, you know, that the time of the end knowledge will increase uh, 
knowledge will increase, you know, and people will be going to and fro. And like, even that's not just knowledge in a general sense of gnosis or Gnosticism of like, uh, you know, academic academia, but even knowledge about the reality of where we're at and what's going on around us. You know, even even we're gaining insights into the antediluvian age, right? The pre-flood, the super civilizations, the the Atlantean age, the mystery schools, the occultism, the days of Noah. Really, what was going on, right? What are these pantheon of gods that everybody's been worshiping? Why are they calling for the resurrection of these deities? Why do they do the raising of Osiris ceremony at every inauguration of every U.S. president since George Washington, the Scottish Rite Freemasonry Temple right down the street there from the Capitol building conducts these occultic ceremonies? Why is every single detail of Washington, D.C.? Wait, why is it Washington? What is D.C.? What is District of Columbia? Who's Columbia, right? It's like you start breaking down these things and 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 we're we're gaining this understanding of where this is all going. So even as these like, you know, we have this soft soft rollout with what you're talking about, this Google chatbot chat GPT or yeah. however you say it. And uh and and I haven't dug into this. I don't know if this is sensation or hyperbolic, but I'll just tell you what's floating around out there. So sure. don't hold me to it. This isn't thus says Jamie, but there's been uh like a recording floating around that somebody was messing around with this chat bot and it spoke to being a dark force and, and actually a, an arcane Nephilim that the chat bots said that. And I go, well, I I'll, again, I'll take him at his word. Like, right. We know that the, the powers of darkness and, and even in different degrees of demonology that they are able to inhabit things. Right. We know that Satan is the prince of the power of the airs. What's the, what's the airs? What's the airways? What's Wi-Fi? What's, you know, this, Connectivity. What's this Internet of Things or the Internet of Body? What are these different things uh, that they're talking about? And I always go, do we have biblical precedents for this? And and so that's kind of my my benchmark is, do we have biblical precedents for this? And I go, yes, we do. Okay, so as far as the image of the beast being given power to speak and given power to make decisions, the whole world marveling after him, the counterfeit omniscience, the counterfeit omnipresence. It even talks about how the false prophet. Uh, creates an image of the beast mm -hmm. and then gives it the power to speak. Well, what's crazy is they this this is all interconnected. I know it can see, seem like divergent thoughts, but mm -hmm. they they unveiled this giant, like actual giant, this whatever technological thing that I can't remember if it's. Don't quote me on this. I want to say thirty meters. So times three, right? Mm -hmm. However tall it would be in feet in our in our western centric mathematics uh this giant that is ai based and it it has the power to speak and they're taking it on a tour around the continent of europe and i think elsewhere and what they've said the creators of this giant ai beast thing is that a person walks in inside of it and it has a knowing of the person because it's scanning the metadata throughout all the cosmos of the internet, right? All the metadata that's collected on us everywhere all the time. And it actually speaks to the person with an intimate knowing of them individually when they walk in. Wow. They're already rolling out this stuff, you know? And I think there there's a lateness to the hour that a lot of people aren't willing to actually enter into like a, a radically significant lateness to the hour. Hmm. 
Okay, well, we've got uh, questions coming in for you, Jamie Walden. Let's go ahead and get these here. And by the way, I want to welcome, uh, in addition to the people already in the live chat, Peter from Australia, Q, and Life Station Express, all welcome in the live chat. If you have a question for Jamie, put it in the live chat. And Jade, the moderator, sent it to us. All right, Doreen says, uh, Jamie, what do you think, or do you think a nuke will go off soon? Uh, unequivocally. I, I um, actually just did a pretty in-depth thing on the um, perestroika deception and great terror and the overture um, that's rooted in the KGB and the GRU. And, and again, uh, one of the key components, and it's hard to, to open a can of worm like that without giving some context, but the communism itself and KGB and the GRU as a head of that is not a political system. It is solely a religious system. And it is a, a hyper spiritual system that's rooted in theosophy which was rolled out by Madame Blavatsky right in the late 1800s and the early 2000s everybody from Aleister Crowley the father of modern Satanism to Alan Dulles the father of the CIA you know the he created the OSS the forerunner of the CIA all interconnected with the Bush family on through the Clintons to the Obamas to everybody are all deeply adept Bertrand Russell it goes on and on and on they're all deeply adept and co they're, they're symbiotic i guess and they have a co-relationship with theosophy in fact the united nations is completely developed based off of madame blavatsky's theosophy and their publications were uh, originally produced under the lucifer trust so this communism that we see going on with russia don't don't we can't fall prey to the little sound bites of east versus west it's not East versus West paradigm. It's darkness versus light, right? It's the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. So so the GRU, the KGB, through theosophy, which is an occultic principle, propagated throughout the rest of the world through the perestroika deception and great terror and overture, along with the communist Chinese and all these other nations, including the U.S. and the European Union, are actually collectively on board for what's getting ready to occur next. Hmm. This is not an East versus West paradigm. This is a perestroika deception that has been in place since the late 1950s that right now is reaching its convergent zenith. And the nukes will fly because it's a pre-agreed upon exchange to take us to the next level of, wow. of totalitarian centralization of global government and global religion. This is their stated goals, stated goals of communism. Divorce Russia from communism. Communism is a spirit. It's the CCP is communist Chinese party, right? Like uh, most of Latin America is now communistic. Our academia is communist. Our Democratic Party is full on communist. Uh, the majority of the neocons are communist. It's communism, which is a uh, high high level of spirituality rooted in the ultimate lucifer of work the ultimate worship of lucifer and right now in real time that is their stated go to usher us in through a global collective traumatic experience insert world war three to bring in the age the aquarian age which they believe their their words is a new order of the ages mm -hmm. that's their words and really uh, you you talk about <clears throat> democrats and of course there's republican neocons like you just mentioned but here here's a strong example of that in south dakota christy Nome just tried as the governor 
tried to su- submit a bill to stop China from buying up American farmland, and it was a Republican Party that blocked her. There you go. And it, and and you look at the the recent you know balloon fiasco. The the thing the story isn't about the balloons. There's been stratospheric balloons for for decades like that's not the story like oh there's a you know there's there's a counter counterintelligence and signals intelligence and espionage counter espionage going on that's cannon fodder right that's a smoke screen the story is that it was allowed to collect the data mm. it was allowed yeah. to move over all of our strategic sites it was allowed why because the perestroika deception is so significant that it's already complete. It's complete. It's infiltration. It's subversion. It's subterfuge. Uh, their their stated goal in the late 1950s was to feign a collapse of the Soviet Union, to fake a collapse, to fake liberalism and capitalism, to reunify Germany, to tear down the wall. This is in the 1960s. They said they were going to do this. Remember, all this happened in 1989 and onward, that they were going to liberalize the world. They were going to have the West drop their guard. And as a West dropped their guard because they faked a collapse of, of their satellite states of the Soviet Union and of a hardcore Stalinistic tyrannical regime in Russia, that then when they dropped their guard, they would come in through our media, who owns Hollywood, the Chinese Communist Chinese Party, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, through our, our um, academics, who owns all the major universities. They're all socialist progressives, which is communism. Mm-hmm. And then through um, the payoffs, and the compromise of our elected officials. I use that word loosely. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah. at, and then one of their key components of this infiltration was over the course of three generations to erode the nuclear family, to create feminism, to create a drug war, to create a uh, global terrorism based on a KGB GRU directorate using Islamic states as proxy for global war on terrorism. This was 1958. This was published, ladies and gents. Listen to the dates here. And that they were going to insert radical liberalism, including massive LGBT agenda to destroy and erode the morality of a nation and then divide the West on race, gender, ethnicity, socioeconomics, political biases, and even rural versus urban dynamics. Mm-hmm. This is all a part of that perestroika deception yeah, we, under we, communism. We, and it's done. It's we, done. They did it. Well, it sure does look like it. You know, when you say ladies and gents, you also have to say they and them, just to clarify. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. My bad. <laughs> all I right. probably just triggered somebody. You probably did. Hey, that's what we're all about <laughs> here, man. Oh, hey, so we have a poll going on the edges website here of course we try to calibrate it to the guests and so we just put it up there as are you prepared for the apocalypse and that could be mean a number of things so they can say not at all yes i am what is it i'm thinking about it it's a is that a movie or don't need to prepare the results right now uh uh, jamie walton for those watching the show 43 percent says i'm thinking about preparing 31 percent says they are prepared 25 percent says not at all now what do you say to the? Well, let's, let's talk about all three groups here. Let's talk about the not at allers. Are should should those people that prepare should they open their doors? And I may have asked you this before. I don't know, but should they open their doors to their survival supplies uh, to those that 
mocked the whole thing is it ain't going to happen. Should they open their doors to those folks when it when it does happen? Man, that's that's a tough one. That's I I could never I could never give like a dogmat a dogmatic statement regarding that. It's like that's why we have to be in step with the Holy Spirit. Like we have to be in step with the Spirit, and the Spirit's going to be the one that's going to dictate. Which means that you need to be walking and living in such a way that you rightly hear the Spirit, right? And you don't just operate in your flesh and say, "Well, I'm doing this for the Lord," or the Lord told me to do this. Like that's not going to cut it at the end of the day. And that's a tough one, you know. That's those stats are actually, I'm shocked because they're listening to your show, and if they're listening to your show, they they would already be awake uh, to the reality of the lateness of the hour, right? And the and actually just how direless circumstances are. So I would have, I guess, been presumptuous to think that those numbers would be completely reversed, and they would all be like, absolutely, mm-hmm. I'm 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 in preparation mode. Mm-hmm. And the reason why practical preparedness is such a big deal and for people that don't don't know my background real quick is i'm marine corps infantry right uh worked in law enforcement federal and local police i'm a paramedic the tactical ems a firefighter i'm on a tech rescue team i was on a hazmat team right uh, i've been a global responder for disaster response stuff and war-torn areas natural disasters you name it so like and and then obviously being a student of scripture I'm very in tune to practical preparedness. We have a a very firm biblical mandate that it actually is requires faith to prepare. Not preparing is not faith. Faith actually faith moves in action. Faith with you know faith without deeds is dead. Faith moves in action, saying these are what the scripture says. This is what Jesus says. I told you about these things ahead of time so that you will not be caught unaware, right? We have the mm-hmm. 10 virgins, the five foolish, the five wise. Right. We have Noah, we have Joseph, we have precedents, we have Proverbs, you know, a, a prudent man foresees danger coming and plans accordingly, but a fool goes on and suffers for it. Like we have so much biblical precedence for practical preparation, not from fear and mm-hmm. not out of self-preservation, but by faith to God's glory. Mm-hmm. So to hear somebody be outright dismissive of preparation uh, is a little bit concerning because you prepare not for yourself, not to save your own hide, unless you don't know the Lord. If you don't know the own, the Lord, you better be trying hell or high water to preserve your life one more day. Cause it may be one more day that the Lord has to get a hold of your heart under mm-hmm. repentance so that you would have an eternal security in him. Mm-hmm. If you are in Christ, we don't prepare for self-preservation. Dude, I don't want one more day on this world than I have to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right, you get like, I know what's coming for me. I know my king. I know I know the hope of glory. I know the resurrection, man. I know the new heaven, the new earth. I don't want any, I don't want one more day in this crooked and perverse world. But I prepare so that I'm an asset rather than a liability to the world around me. Nice, Practical nice. preparation is about being an asset. I train my kids. I train my wife. I travel the country and train whole churches in family emergency preparedness. I travel the country and do that. Mm-hmm. Be, and the moniker is always be an asset, not a liability. So that could be your that could be physically, emotionally, or spiritually. One, one of those three. 
Are you an asset? Are you a liability? So that's where practical preparedness comes into place. Do I want to be a burden on somebody else's family because I was haughty and prideful and self-righteous or fearful about my finances? So I took no prudent measures to practically prepare. And then I'm going to be a burden on somebody else's family or somebody else's kids. See, now you're a liability. Am I going to uh, you know, be be overweight and unhealthy because I've chosen that to work hard and to work out and work hard and try to regain my body in a way that glorifies the Lord. That's too much work. And so therefore, I'm going to be a liability on everybody else around me. I can't work. I can't work hard. I can't produce. I can't serve. I can't walk. I can't hike. You know, I can't do anything because I am a liability rather than an asset, you know. And then the same thing goes spiritually. Am mm. I you know, a narcissist, a lover of self, a lover of pleasure rather than a lover of God? Am I puffed up on self-righteousness? Am I fearful? Am I, am I, am I totally anxiety driven? Do I commandeer every conversation and make it all about me? Like, dude, like, do, do you know how to walk by faith? Are, are you praying and interceding and seeking the Lord? Are you filling your heart to overflowing with the word? If not, you may be a liability spiritually rather than be an asset where you come in and you say, how can I serve? How can I wash your feet? How can I pray for you? How can I bind up your wounds? How, like now you're an asset. And so practical preparedness, physically, emotionally, and spiritually has nothing to do with self-preservation. It is actually selfless. It is sacrificial preparedness is sacrificial you're foregoing things now because of a way you want to seek to be an asset later on and uh anyways i know i'm rambling but we have to test ourselves in in this really deep matter to go why am i not preparing i'm listening to daniel Ott's show like how could i not be i <laughs> read the handwriting on the wall i have the scriptures i see what's going on with Russia and China. I know the mobilization of troops on Vancouver Island and the armored brigades of Chinese troops. I know what's going on on the southern border. I know about the 20,000 Russian fighting age males coming across the southern border with the Chinese, with Hamas, and with Hezbollah. I understand that there's a Chinese colonel building a 10,000-foot runway for heavy lift military aircraft in texas right now i know that everybody from feinstein to pelosi to biden to everybody is bought and paid for by china and i've also heard about their plans for an amphibious assault on the west coast as soon as they're ready for it not to mention all the bravado from north korea and china and russia and what's going on with nato and the ukrainian you know reality over there and they have warned without any shadow of a doubt what comes next why wouldn't we be practically preparing wow well said man i just love to have you on the show and then, so you can ramble all you want i will just you don't you can't see this but i'm taking myself out and just putting you in the picture and just letting you go man that's, 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 <laughs> yeah you just got to cut me off brother because i no I, I, i'll fire hose I, no i know what i think i think people need to hear what you have to say <laughs> being an asset man what a marvelous view of that situation i but i gotta say when you talk about the 10 virgins the 10 virgins says go get your own oil man they weren't they in, did i mean yeah that's why I say it's a tough one, man. Like I, I actually get asked that all the time. Like, so what do you do? And I'm like, I, far be it for me to tell you what you should do. Like you ask the Lord 
what what mm-hmm. you should do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Ask the Lord by per the situation because it may be different. And this is like test every spirit to see whether or not mm-hmm. it's from God. All right, we have to grow in our spiritual discernment and in our prudence, and that can only come by you know being in relationship with people and testing and being refined and persevering and forbearing and doing these things where we actually grow in a maturation of even our discernment, our spiritual discernment. Mm-hmm. And for those of you just joining us, we have Jimmy Walden on the program talking about Omega Dynamics and really surviving the apocalypse is what we're actually talking about. Uh, there's a poll on the Edge's website. If, so if you're watching on Rumble, go on over to the website. The show streams there as well, and you can take the poll. So, Jamie, let's go ahead and go to the second most group. 31% says, yes, I am prepared for the apocalypse. Are these the people that you mentioned in the first hour talking about, were these the people that we should be building the faith havens with? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's one of those things where the, the reason for a faith haven or for a body or a fellowship of believers is because you can't do it all, right? And like, and, and uh, you know, even a, even with my background and my skill set, I'm like, I can't do it all. I can't, I can't do it all. I, I just come forward with my giftings and then somebody else comes with theirs and somebody else comes with theirs. And, and maybe it's, they're literally an intercessor and a prayer warrior. It has nothing to do with age or infirmity or background or whatever. It's about the spirit of a person. You know, somebody else may, may be so tender for children and they're able to minister to children when they're fearful and, and anxious or whatever in a way that I never could. Or, or maybe it's animal husbandry. Are there a welder? Are there a carpenter? Are there a whatever? Are there an IT person? Like, dude, I need some IT folks. I don't have a, I'm an OG door kicker. Like, I have no clue. I need somebody who knows how to operate drones and, and uh, you know, and it has some kind of computer programming so, or hacking. So, so, so I will, or, let me let me interrupt you here then. Are, are, then are yeah. you saying then for your faith havens, that everyone needs to bring something to the table. Absolutely. Now, I know, I know for a fact that we have people watching the show that live in apartments, and you know they they may have a job or whatever, maybe they do or they don't. But how can they bring something to the table? Yeah, it, they bring something to the table even by their posture and their spirit. So bringing something to the table could mean that you're an unrestrained servant. Maybe you go, you know what, I just. I feel inadequate or whatever, which I hear a lot from people. I feel like I don't have any to offer. And I say, A off, don't ever say that. That's not true. The Lord did not make a mistake in the way that he created you at all. He didn't make a mistake in the way he formed your brain and the way he made your body and the way he caused you to, to, to understand the world around you. You are, you are an asset if you choose to be. If you choose to be. If you choose to be selfless, you're automatically an asset, you know? And so even somebody who's in an urban environment, you know, they're on this 37th floor of a major urban environment and they feel like I'm stuck, like, oh, I need to sell everything and move to the country. And it's like, do you? Why don't you ask the Lord what he would have you do? Maybe you're exactly where he's foreknown you to be, to be an asset right there in that place, in that urban environment, right? And mm-hmm. so so um, it doesn't necessarily have to be with, you know, these super practical skill sets that we think about, you know, mechanic, welder, carpenter, nurse, whatever, you know, we kind of have these, these, when we think of preparedness, we think of these very tangible niche things, but being an an asset or having a skill set to bring to the table could be as simple as you can sew and hand stitch clothing. Do you know how few people know how to do that anymore? You know, 
in the Marine Corps, we are taught how to hand sew from day one because it's such a critical battlefield skill. We actually have to carry a sewing kit wow. with us everywhere we go because it's such a constant necessity to be able to mend gear and mend equipment all the time. So, like, you'd be surprised if you think outside the box. And I always say, ask the Lord, Lord, what do I have to bring to the table? Mm-hmm. And, li- and stop talking and listen to him. You might be surprised what he speaks over you. Lord, mm-hmm. Lord, how can I be an asset? How would I be an asset? Mm-hmm. And stop and listen. Mm-hmm. And if and if you're not, and if he he has a grievance against you, don't that that shouldn't rock you. The Lord's merciful. How how merciful is it of the Lord to expose you now willingly rather than later on desperately? So if he does business with you, you go, praise God. I didn't realize I had all these chinks in my armor. Okay, cool. I got some time to get to work, right? That's the mercy of the Lord in real time. I got to tell you, because I'm, I'm watching the chat respond to what you're saying, and I see somebody in there just said, yay, I can sew. So you've that simple statement right there has already uplifted somebody, gave them, gave them some hope that they are a worthy person to get through this thing. And I was telling people last week, uh, Jamie Walden, that people may say, man, I wish I was back in the 50s or the 40s or the 90s even for that matter, but I think everyone is in this hour because they're supposed to be in this hour. And whatever skills and whatever attitudes they have, whatever strengths they have, wouldn't apply if they were 20 years. God, we are precisely deposited into the time frame and the events that we're supposed to be so that we can say with, we can move forward with hope knowing that I'm supposed to be here. Therefore, like you've been saying is, what can I do? How can I further the kingdom? How can I assist my neighbor? Yeah. How can I be an asset? I really like that. How can I be an asset you know, for the Lord? But we are precisely here at this moment because whatever skills we have wouldn't have worked in any other time frame. We were meant for this moment. No, and, and actually we are hyper blessed. And like we are hyper blessed to have been foreknown for this generation in particular uh, because although there's going to be required, you know, it says that it'll be a time likes of which never has been and never will be again. Right. And there's going to be requirements and pressures governmentally, spiritually, whatever, all kind of financially, physically, you name it. The likes of which no generation has ever seen or borne witness before. Pay attention to the specific commendations of the Lord for those who are foreknown for this generation. Like even the Apostle John is like. Who in the world are these who are in front of the throne worshiping the Lord day and night, right? And the angel's like, oh, John, you don't you don't know who those are, man? And he's like, no, no, I don't know who it is. He's like, hey, those are the ones who were beheaded for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Like, they would not take the mark of the beast. They did not love their life so much as they're afraid to, to lose it. And look, they have a highly exalted special position from everlasting to everlasting so it's not it's not a burden that you've been foreknown for this generation it is a hyper blessing it's it talks about those who you know daniel eleven thirty two 32 is those who know their god will be strong and go forth and do daring exploits in that generation that means daring feats of valor is how it translates in the greek you know uh daniel 12 says it'll be a time of likes of which never has been never will be again you know, and it says that those who are wise in the Lord will turn many back to righteousness. Oh, you mean you get to be a part of like this great end time harvest of turning many back to righteousness, right? And then you have those that are among the saints who overcome even the Antichrist and the entire beast system by the blood mm-hmm. of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and, and not love, loving their lives so much as they're afraid yeah. to lose it. I mean, we, there's so much special blessing. For that last generation, it talks about 
you being given given a uh what would be the word like rulership i don't want to use dominion because people claim that i'm a part of nar or something but it is dominion in the scriptures like dominion over nations over territories it says you will rule like there's rulerships there's governorships there's governance right it's a kingdom a king there's all kinds of things going on in a kingdom there's all kinds of martial connotations there's there's all kinds of diplomatic things and financial things and blah blah, blah. like it's the kingdom of god and he he gives specific even commendations in 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 uh uh, uh, places of of honor for those who are a part of this generation. And what's cool about those positions of honor is when you're renewed in Christ, it won't you won't ever misuse it. There will be no pride, no haughtiness, no self righteousness, no glorification over the next guy, no lording over. It will be with unmitigated humility and contrition that you would even lead in these positions in the new heaven and the new earth there would be nothing there would be no carnality attached we don't we can't fathom that like no carnality no no carnality attached to it it will be pure and good and perfect in all of its ways so i'm like dude get off of it already all the drama about like what was me <laughs> actually in ecclesiastes get off it already. There's, a, there's a specific verse that actually condemns those who long for the good old days there's mm -mm. that's there's a specific verse in Ecclesiastes that actually talks about those who long for the good old days. And it's like, no, you are foreknown for this generation, mm. this generation. Well, oh, I bet I, I guess I'm going to have to do some repenting after the show, Jamie, because I, I kind of been watching older shows, particularly around the 50s. In fact, even in the, the, the original War of the Worlds, and I, and I noticed that the, the women wore dresses and skirts and the men always had a slack and a, and a shirt. And I, and I think, man... That looks like some good times, some normal, you know, pre-LGDQ type thing. <laughs> hey, but let me let me ask you something, though. Uh, I got to ask you, though. What's going on at Ashbury College? Have you looked into that? Yeah, I, I've dug into it, you know, and I don't I, – here's here, – this is this is Jamie Walden, so whatever. Take it for what it's worth. But, it like, it's like I'm, I'm cautious, but I also don't – I don't ever want to be, like – Job's friends are like Sambalot and Tobiah when mm -hmm. Nehemiah is trying to rebuild the wall or like Job's friends, like mm -hmm. presumptuous saying, this is what God's doing and why to the negative or to the positive. I want to be like Job at the end of Job. It's like, uh, throws his hand over his mouth. Like my ears had here. Now my eyes have seen, you know, God gives a rebuke to Job's friends that thought they had understood what was going on. And he said, who in the world are these jokers that are darkening my counsel with words without wisdom, you know, and then you have Sambal and Tobiah that are like trying to undermine everything that the Lord was trying to do through, through Nehemiah. However, so I'm like, yeah, I want to give space for the Lord to do what only the Lord can do. Right. Like I, I just want to sit back and watch him work in the lives of these young kids. However, I do also know NAR, the new apostolic reformation and the leaders that are attaching themselves to this revival movement, and they have a real dominion theology. They're preterist and they're amillennialist. And actually part of their official doctrine is to create revival through emotionalism detached from the word of the Lord. So what's going on in Ashbury and everywhere else? A hyper-emotional revival with no word of the Lord. So we have a biblical precedence. I think it's 2 Kings 22 and 23. Maybe it's 1 Kings 
of Josiah of what legitimate revival looks like. And it is a repentance. It is a tearing down of the idols. By the way, at Ashbury College, they have labyrinth praying and they also do contemplative prayer. It's hyper new age. This is an extremely liberal, liberal Christian university. Uh, the majority of the worship leaders not, not that have been on the stage throughout this are openly practicing homosexuals openly and they're leading the worship so so we have to deal with things honestly about what's going on here and then you have like you know rick warren and emergent yeah. church and you know secret they're all attaching their name lauren daigle lauren daigle is a total reprobate right and they're they're all <laughs> attaching themselves to this because yeah. um that what we have to understand biblically, and this is where my caution comes in. Again, I'm like, I want to see God work. Is is it worth it if one kid has an authentic encounter with the living God? Absolutely. Let him run rampant. I don't care if it's disingenuous. Like the Apostle Paul says, he's like, whatever, dude. Mm -hmm. Like some people preach Christ for unjust gain. Right. Other people with a pure heart. At least Christ is being proclaimed. So I go like, let's just simplify it and not try to like really, you know, like tear it all apart, but go... Here's the reality of what's going on. There are people authentically experiencing God. I've heard of authentic repentance. I've heard of freedom and deliverance. I've heard of stuff going on. But I also know the false prophets, the false teachers, and the devotion to the doctrines of demons that are undergirding all that at the same time. Mm -hmm. And prophetically speaking, we are told that at the end of the age, many mm -hmm. false prophets and false teachers will arise and deceive many and the way of truth will come into disrepute it won't be tolerated and they will devote themselves to the doctrines of demons so is it authentic i don't know i just want to it says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn hmm. so i'll kind of come back to my barney you know my barney style faith and go i just praise god i praise god that his name is being magnified by masses currently right now this revival is stirring encouragement in the hearts of a lot of weary believers. I'll praise God for that. This is It's leading a lot of other churches to go, we need to pray hard right now for revival in our church. Praise God. So I really don't care. I, I, don't, I don't care what the false motives are. My God's going to get the glory that he's owed one way or the other. So hmm. I'm down with that. Awesome. All right, let's talk about the third group or the number, this third group is actually the number one, 43% says in the question of uh, are you prepared and those watching the program you can take that poll because we like to see if that poll changes during the broadcast so the number one is uh i'm thinking about preparing for the apocalypse well, well jamie what, what are we going to do to bring those folks in to from thinking about it to doing it stop thinking act you know <laughs> like it's it's one of those things where uh you know you you train for the fight you're not yet in that that's a common battlefield axiom and you're on a battlefield whether you can see it or not see it because it's in the unseen realm the majority of the time and so it's it's not a matter of you can be prayerful you can be prudent you can be discerning right be shrewd seek the lord on things but at the end of the day faith without deeds is dead it's worthless it's futile it's a vain thing it's it's impotent it's it's ineffectual it's ineffective it's completely vain that's what it means to be vain right and so um you may think about it too long and in your paralysis of analysis it's too late so that can be anything from prices to availability to access 
to government lockdowns on your banking, to a cyber attack, to the rollout of a central bank digital currency. And now everything from here on out is tracked. You will never be able to purchase those things ever again. This goes to the carbon credits and the social credit scores and everything else like that. Like that's why even in your heart or your spirit, you train for the fight you're not yet in because all that's coming. So you start moving and you start acting now by faith. Mm-hmm. You step out and fit you, you say, you, like, I remember when I, when I first started getting, getting awake, like, I mean, we had no money. We, we still don't have money. I'm not crying poor. We're blessed. But like compared to a normal American, like, like we, we are way, way, way below the poverty level, like incredibly below. If I told you my annual income, you would be like, there's no way you can live off of that. But it does, the Lord's our provision. So I'm not worried about it. And, and I remember like it was, it was 12 years ago, once a month, I would go buy one ounce of silver. Twenty dollars, because that's lit. And I had to like budget to go get that one silver coin once a month twelve years ago. But guess what? I I here I am twelve years later, and now there's an abundance, right? Same thing with food. It's like, yeah, it, long-term food is incredibly expensive, but you can't think of it as your how much money you're paying up front. You have to think about longitudinally about energy return on investment and actually the price per serving that you're paying for and the fact that it's secure for 25 years or whatever and it can't go bad. And so you go, man, one bucket of food is $75 and that would only last me three weeks. Okay, do the math. How much money do you spend on food in three weeks currently? It's probably two hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. So you're literally locking in. You're, 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 it's a, it's a defeat against hyperinflation. It's a defeat against devaluation of the dollar. It's a defeat against central uh, uh, bank digital currencies. It's a hedge against the manipulation of your money. I noticed the entire structure of the antichrist system is all economics. It's all economics. That is, that is a stranglehold. So, if you think about it objectively move out in faith and do what you can do you know i I, we we have like little flats of corned beef hash you go you gross corned beef hash actually i like it because i eat it in the marine corps all the time but like it's like you know why i get corned beef hash in a can with a pull top because i don't know if i'm going to have access to a can opener i don't know if there's going to be electricity because most people only have electric can opener most people don't buy manual can openers anymore i keep a stack of five of them in case i lose them but i buy the pull tops of this type of food because when I look on the label it is the highest calorie count per serving out of any other canned food and it costs 75 cents a can. So you're trying to tell me you can go out and buy a flat of cans, which whatever that is, 12 or 15 cans today, right now, like you couldn't do that right now. You, you <laughs> literally just gave yourself two weeks of breathing room from that one flat of corned beef hash. Hmm. Two weeks to go, let me re-coordinate my, like everything changed overnight. Mm-hmm. I have to reevaluate. I have to reanalyze. I have to get my mind straight. I have to spend time in prayer. I don't have to worry about food though, so I can spend time seeking the Lord's face. What do I need to be doing now? Everything changed overnight. So again, guess what that makes you? It makes you an asset rather than a liability. Mm-hmm. It makes you an asset. One flat of canned food just made you an asset. Wow. 
Corned beef hash. Well, that, that's some that's that's some good news right there. So that's a good so, stuff, man. So, I'm gonna be so, eating it cold out of the can. You better mark you my know, words. And people think, well, you know, hey, I gotta have you know, I gotta have toilet paper and I gotta have you know, an underarm deodorant. I gotta have, people. Wait a minute. If we're talking about apocalypse. You, that mentality's got to go because it's, it's yeah. You're not- that, you know what a lot of people try to do is they and I see this because I told you I, I've traveled the world doing you know disaster response. So I've seen this a lot as people have their their normalcy bias uh, and their mental their lack of mental resiliency. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to maintain their same level of comfort in life even post-event, post-disaster, post-emergency event, and they get destroyed in a matter of days. Mm. They're not able to adapt. Why? Because they have no resiliency. Why? Because they didn't train for the fight they're not yet in. Why? Because right. they didn't walk by faith. You know, and it's right. like, so, because they weren't willing to do these things willingly and build upon resiliency mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right, physically. Then when the day comes... They break under the pressure. You know, it's like so people go, and probably this is part of the poll numbers because I hear it all the time. They say, well, I don't need to prepare right now. When the time comes, I'll just have faith in the Lord. And I'm like, I've heard that. that's the most asinine statement I've ever heard. So if that's your posture, then get rid of your car insurance, get rid of your dental insurance, get rid of your health insurance, get rid of your house insurance, get rid of your Embella insurance over all those other insurances. And and uh, walk by faith because God will just provide all. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Stop paying your bills and stop paying your taxes and do all that by faith now because because that's the same posture with your with which you're communicating. Mm-hmm. And that's the same hubris as somebody who weighs 300 pounds and smokes, you know, a pack and a half a day saying tomorrow I'm going to go run a marathon by faith. Mm. It doesn't work that way in the real world. Mm-hmm. It just, it does not work that way. Same thing with our faith walk. It's every act of faith is being built upon and built upon and built upon and built upon. And it's the small things. It's the small little things. Now, when we, when we, we feel the product of the Holy spirit, we feel the product conviction, right? Or we feel this movement to pray for so-and-so or to call so and so or to you know uh go serve so and so here and there and every time you deny that mm-hmm. you are reducing your faith every time you go i don't understand what that means but by faith i'm just going to move into it and make the phone call or whatever the case is you don't realize how much spiritual resiliency is being built up over mm. time so i guess i guess so you're saying that if somebody's survival list includes dvds you know what am i going to watch when the nukes fall I think there, there's, you know, you got to have some disconnect. kind of adjustment there. That doesn't sound like it's going to be, be something that you need to contemplate. All right, so here's, a, let's get some more of these questions. Sneaker says, Jamie, what, uh, do you have a comment about the great tribulation that Jesus spoke of in Matthew chapter 24? Do I, do I have a comment? Let me think. Do I have a comment about it? Um, it will be great. <laughs> I guess that's a comment. Like, yeah, yeah, the great tribulation. I mean. That's what everything's blowing up to. I don't think we're there yet. I, I I know there's there's a lot of different schools of thoughts out there and it's just my my personal informed speculation, you know, I say it's still speculation. Informed speculation is that we're we're not there yet, but we are, are reaching the crescendo of the birth pains. So, you know, what's unique about birth pains, uh in the natural, which which God created, actually is a type and shadow of these things. That's why uh, the gestation of a child is 40, 
40 weeks, mm-hmm. right? And it's mm-hmm. 40 years, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, all throughout scripture. You know, the number 40 is one of God's number one numbers because 40 is the number of testing and of trial. And it's also the biblical number for being on probation. Mm-hmm. So, so 40 years in the, de- they were on probation. Even the Lord specifically says in the desert where I took you to test you to see whether or not your hearts would remain mm-hmm. faithful to me. Like mm-hmm. it was a time of probation, a time of testing. And so with women in their ge- gestational period, they get up to this time of birth pains. And then what's the unique qualifier about birth pains is from the second a woman has her first contraction, the delivery of that child is imminent. There is no going back. It is it is an innate, supernatural, governmental order that God created that from the first onset of that birth pain, of that contraction, they only ever increase in intensity and they increase in frequency. Everybody tracking intensity and frequency mm-hmm. right up until the crescendo of the depth of the pain and of the tribulation and of the trial 40 weeks to where then new life is birthed. Mm. So the frequency and the and the intensity increase and they become closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and then boom, new new life is birthed. So we have the same things with the time of sorrows or the birth pains prior to the tribulation, which I believe were right about at the that delivery moment where the tribulation kicks off. Mm. Uh, so here we are. Um, we we're talking about uh, the third category of I'm thinking about it. And it kind of reminds me of Noah's Ark. Now, could, would it be safe to surmise that instantly the world, there wasn't instantly a rainstorm deluge uh, worldwide that it may be you think that it may have started with say sprinkles and little rain and then people saying well you know never rain but hey there's nothing wrong with a little sprinkle so I mean, if that was the case isn't that kind of where we're at because you mentioned in, a while ago say well we have Chinese and Russians coming up the southern border we you know we have uh, uh, amphibious assault coming in we've got all these things we've got spy balloons flying all over the country get, gathering intel intelligence it seems to me those are sprinkles for a deluge. Yeah. So that puts yeah. the people where I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking that the, the days of Noah, they were thinking about, well, I'm thinking about getting into the ark, but it's just, it's just a little rain right now. How's that going to flood yeah. the earth? Why would, how's that even going to lift this boat? This doesn't make sense. People are just, just saying stuff. Yeah. Let, let me speak to that for a second. Cause that's very particular to the spirits of the last age. The spirit of the last age is, is defined by faulty self-actualization and being a lover of pleasure rather than a lover of God and being a lover of self and always learning but never able to come to an understanding of the truth. This is the definitive posture of the last age and and in particular the last church age, the last spirit of Christians. This is what they're going to be saying. They're going to be saying, I'm wealthy and in need of nothing. They and not knowing that God says, no, you're wretched, you're pitiful, you're poor, blind and naked. And I have some counsel for you. It says that they will be mocking and scoffing, saying all the words of the prophets are just when and they come to nothing. Words is coming to the day of the Lord. That is the central theme of the spirit of the last age. And actually, Christ even goes into greater detail to definitively solidify it as if he didn't already, you know, uh, affirm it enough. He says, as it was in the days of Noah 
and as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. And then he gives the qualifier. There's layers to that. We could talk about Nephilim, and we could talk about genetic warfare. We can talk about, you know, the return of the golden age of the gods. There's multiple layers to that. But he does give a definitive qualifier as to what he was talking about. It says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man. And those days people were marrying and giving in the marriage. And, mm -hmm. and it goes on this litany to describe normalcy. Mm -hmm. There was normalcy mm -hmm. until the until with his finger he shut the door on the ark. Done. You're done. Right? Same thing, the days a lot is like days a lot. Like it was normalcy. The cities, it says Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, there was nothing abnormal. Drag queens reading to their their kids in the public schools did not phase them. Uh trannies as their head of the Department of Defense did not phase them. Joint chiefs walking around with their leather mask on on their narcissistic Instagram posts did not phase them. The reports of Chinese infiltration and payoffs did not phase them. And the threat of nuclear warfare every day from nuclear superpowers did not phase them. The days a lot. They thought it was totally normal until hellfire and brimstone destroyed and scorched earth the entire area around them. And so... That posture is singularly the, the posture of the majority, the mass majority, the many. It says it all over in Scripture, Matthew 24, many, 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 many. Circle it every time you see the word many. Uh, the many will abide by that posture, and that could be what many, even in your poll, uh, are walking in unknowingly. Mm. Unknowingly, they may have adopted that posture. The days of Noah, the days of Lot. Mm. Wow. Outstanding. All right. Uh, Rose Renault says, uh, Jamie, uh, do you believe a Freemason can be a Christian? Uh, unequivocally, no. All what right. fellowship is there between light and darkness? You can't drink from the cup of demons in the, t in the cup of Christ. Uh, what fellowship is there between Belial and Christ, right? Like mm -hmm. what fellowship is there between righteousness and unrighteousness? Unequivocally, no. And again, that goes back to love of the world and the things of the world. Anybody who loves the world and the things of the world, the love of the Father is not in him, not in him period. Mm -hmm. And so, so why would somebody choose to be a Freemason? It's simple. Validation. Mm -hmm. They want the validation and the esteem from these fraternal orders, which are open occultists. Mm -hmm. uh, read Pike. Read all these guys, right? Read what the 32nd and 33rd degree Freemasons have to do. Look at their their pictographs. Look at their their uh, symbolism. Look at their iconography. Everything is only about the worship of Lucifer. So I've heard uh, th that's a funny question. I mean, it's I mean it, it. I mean, I'm glad she asked it because that's a very relevant question. I actually I actually believe it or not get asked that regularly. Wow. Because. People want to swear by the name of Moloch and the name of Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's a particular scripture that the Lord says, woe to you who swear by both Moloch and Christ. Mm. So the only reason why somebody wants to be associated with Freemasonry and claim Christ is because they want the validation of the world. They want the esteem of men and they want the esteem of the world and the esteem of God at the same time. And they're going to lose on both ends. Mm. They're going to lose on both ends. <laughs> you, you can't. In, in your in your list of, of of people there, you forgot to mention the one guy in charge of nuclear waste, this bald guy in administration walking around in a dress who also walks men uh, like dogs. 
you forgot to mention that guy too. He, he's oh yeah, been, and, and, and he steals, steals luggage because he's such a depraved reprobate that, like, yeah, it's <laughs> insane, right? So, so again, talk about the days of knowing the days a lot. The fact that pastors aren't even addressing this, insane. That that's prophetic fulfillment. It says the way of truth will come into disrepute. Greedy for unjust gain, they will fabricate stories, even denying the very God who bought them. Like all of it is prophetic fulfillment in real time. The fact that the grandpas aren't in there throat punching their school boards because the trannies that are assaulting their grandchildren or throat punching their adult sons because they're allowing their kids to be like this is insane, right? They, but, but they are lovers of self. They're lovers of self. They don't want to stand up. They don't want to stand out. They don't want to look foolish. They don't want to be condemned, mocked, scoffed, reviled for the cause of Christ. They do not want to be persecuted. They definitely don't, don't want to mourn and go about in sheepskins, right? They do not want to suffer for Christ. So guess what? You will never be unified with them. You cannot be unified with Christ Jesus apart from, he says, suffering with him. Mm. It's in, it's in the, like, think of the Beatitudes, right? The, like the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are they when, when they persecute and revive you and see all kinds of things about you. Mm -hmm. Like we have systematically forfeited every blessing in Christ. It is to your commendation if you suffer unjustly because you're conscious of Christ, you forfeited your commendation. We forfeited it all. Why? Because we're lovers of self and we are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Wow. All right. Put Yahweh first says Amos 811. Uh, does that speak of banning the Bible? When will it happen? I don't, if you, I don't know what that actually says. You want to look it up or. Amos, I, yeah, Amos? my Bible's sitting behind okay. me. So, okay. I don't have it. All right. We won't speak to that right now. Uh, Virginia boy says, uh, did we go to Iraq? To find ancient technology. Yes. Wow. Okay. Did we <laughs> find? We went to look. So, yes. so we went to look. Did we find some? Yes. So, okay. so, um, you know, I was over there for the push in 03, across the border, did the march up. So I, I was there. One of even my first objectives with the platoon that I was in was securing antiquities and securing um uh museums and stuff like that mm -hmm. which why would that be one of your primary objectives so i didn't know this at the time i was just a 20 year old door kicker right like doing what i'm told mm -hmm. and uh and happy to go to war i know it sounds crazy but get to know some marines you'll realize that we're we're a little we're a little different than the rest of the people mm -hmm. but um it was after the fact that i learned about the well actually let me add this qualifier too one of my secondary objectives was securing alhila which is today modern ancient Babylon, where I actually went to the blue gates, the gates of Ishtar, uh, funny, Columbia, District of Columbia is the District of Ishtar, wow. the District of Semiramis. The Statue of Liberty is the Statue of Ishtar or Astarte, right? So anyways, I digress. Um, <laughs> and I got to walk the ruins where there is literally still stones with the encryption of of Nebuchadnezzar, like this stone was put here by Nebuchadnezzar. I walked the colonnades. I saw what would have been the 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 ruins of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. I had to secure that objective. And um, and what was interesting was Saddam Hussein had created uh, an entire uh, archaeological kind of national. 
pride thing to resurrect ancient Babylon. So he started all these very intensive long-term archaeological things. And so they did uncover things that they didn't even know existed. And they didn't understand what they found, and including the tomb, presumably, of Gilgamesh, which is Nimrod, which is Osiris, which is Horus which is the eye on the back of your dollar bill that's not yet completed. It's not yet completed because they knew that there was going to come a day where they could complete it. And behold, this Antichrist, this king, was one who was and is not but will be again, right? So so this gets wow. into the transhumanism movement, CRISPR-Cas9, and their ability to regenerate. So um, uh, the informed presumption uh, based on open source intel, the Tuma Gilgan Gilgamesh was found they didn't understand the ramifications of it we went in under false pretenses of you know chemical weapons and all this weapons of mass destruction mm -hmm. specifically to secure those pieces of of antiquity in particular the Gilgamesh which is Nimrod which is the reason why you know the whole Washington monument is about Nimrod everybody mm -hmm. tracking the Eiffel Tower is Nimrod uh, St. Peter's Basilica the Vatican is Nimrod almost every uh, state capital has an obelisk across from a dome-shaped building all of this is an, an homage to Nimrodian worship and that's why the finding of the tomb of Gilgamesh was the most radical significant thing and then fast forward to why we're at where we're at today and why the speed and the frequency and the intensity thing has wrapped ramped up since 2003 was because of that wow man by the way uh uh we gotta thank you for your service in the in the live chat and another one says uh thanks for letting jamie on the program tonight all right let's get to another question here um grumpy old armor vet says is steve quayle the forward author of your book. Yes, he is. And that's uh, Steve Quell from Bozeman, right? Correct. All right. And then here's the question. It says, what did Jesus mean when he said, it uh, looked like Matthew uh, 10, 34, 36, uh, think not I've come to peace on the earth. I come to uh, not sin in peace, but a sword. I've come to set man at variance against his father and daughter, and uh, a man's foes shall be those of his own household. I guess they want to know, what do you think Jesus meant by that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions about Christ because of the infiltration or the reductionism of the scriptures, right? So 1 John 3, 8 unequivocally states Jesus's mission set. What's Jesus's mission set? It says that the Son of Man was made manifest for this reason. Okay, I'm going to pay attention, right? It's pretty clear. It says to destroy the works of the evil one. So he, I thought, you know, we, what we've been trained is the Son of Man was made manifest to make you feel super duper special about yourself. And that's not true. It was to destroy the works of the evil one. Why? Because mm -hmm. it was in furtherance of the Father's mission set. What's the Father's mission set? To be fully known and fully glorified. Fully known and fully glorified. That's his mission set. So then Christ comes in furtherance of the Father's mission set to destroy all the works of the evil one that are impeding anybody from fully knowing and therefore fully glorifying the Father, right? Mm -hmm. And as a frag order, fragmentation order, a follow-on order, that mission set is to come with a sword to divide rightly, righteously, and holiness and in perfect love as a true warrior anything that is going to corrupt that mission set. So it's 
the Lord is not a respecter of people's emotions. And that's the thing people got to get over. He's not a respecter of people's emotions. His holiness and glory will never be usurped by your personal proclivities or emotions about what he should be or isn't, or you want him to be or is not, or what you think he should be or your interpretations of scriptures. So Christ says very plainly, like, I am here not for peace, but for war. Why? For war because he's, he's arcane or because he's distant or he's a fault finder or he's critical or, or he's unloving. No, it's authentic love is why you go to war. See, the opposite of love is not hate. Everybody tracking? God is love, period. God hates all kinds of things. Search the scriptures, right? The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is apathy. So Christ the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Exodus 15, 3, period. That's who he is. The Lord is a warrior, period. The Lord is his name, period. And God is love, period. So how are these two symbiotic? How could they be true at the same time? Because a warrior fights to the death, uh, insert the true and better warrior, King Christ Jesus. They fight and they suffer and they lay down their lives and they make war from authentic love a warrior is totally different than a soldier soldiers do what they do because they're told to warriors do what they do because there's something innate and intrinsic in them that compels them they can't control it to be selflessly sacrificial towards the object of their love that's why warriors do what they do and that's christ jesus the warrior king so he came with a sword from authentic love to make war, to the glory of the Father, to the setting of the captives free, to the binding up of the brokenhearted, and to the shutting of the mouth of all unrighteousness. That's the king we serve. Wow. All right. Um, now, I never know what I'm going to get asked. I love it, man. It's church, it's church with Jamie Walden tonight. Uh, every every time you're on, it's, that's awesome, man. Don't ever hold back. Don't hold back because I'll, I'll just step aside, man, because I know what I think. I've, i got to know what you know because you're, like I said, tip of the spear. All right, so uh, uh, Doreen came back with this. Did they regenerate Nimrod? I guess that's... Uh, on the extension of the fact that you said that you, they went to find this ancient technology, who has it and did they find something that we're using or can use? Yeah. Um, my understanding is yes and yes. And as far as the regeneration, so so this rising of Osiris ceremony that they conducted at that Scottish Strike Freemasonry Temple right down from the Washington Monument in the Capitol building, every inauguration they completed um, in the basement. Actually, you can, if anybody wants to, they can go... Uh, Get Belly the Beast, which is an amazing documentary done by the Fall Brothers, Justin and West mm -hmm. Fall. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they produced it through Tom Horn at Skywatch yeah. TV. I mean, unbelievably well-researched. Man, does it connect a lot of dots. Belly the Beast, go get it. But they go into great detail about what's going on in the Capitol with this. And so the they have held a ceremony from the inauguration of Washington on where there's an an empty tomb, an encasement, right? Like a like a stone marble encasement mm -hmm. in the basement of the Scottish Rite Freemasonry. And they do it believing that one day a regenerated Nimrod will will arise from it or read whatever they do. Whatever whatever these freak show Luciferians believe, right? Like right. like that's what they believe. And so it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, that's what they believe, right? Mm -hmm. And so the the presupposition is that 
Uh, cloning technology has been viable. I know this can sound super kooky, but cloning check technology has been viable since the late 20s, early 30s. This is not new. So the whole idea of like whatever that dumb lamb's name was that they said that they cloned like Dolly. 20, 30 years ago. Dolly. Yeah, or like Dolly, right? And then they've shown some – like that's just – that's smoke and smoke screens. Like uh, um, they mastered viable cloning in the in the late 20s, early 30s and then perfected it in the mid-30s and actually under Operation Paperclip – took all the work to Argentina and continued to do viable cloning and obviously twinning and triplet type uh, genetic manipulations. So this rollout of even CRISPR-Cas9 and their comp- their capabilities technologically, don't even get me started on mRNA, like what that's doing. But um, anyways, it, it's viable. So if that was their intention to do it, there's nothing apart from the Lord's timing that stops them. And that's the thing to remember, listeners, is like nothing is out of order. Everybody tracking? It says, can calamity come upon a nation unless the Lord has decreed it? That's the Lord is being facetious. The answer is no. Like he is sovereign. He is on his throne. If the Lord, if the Lord allows these global elite to do what they're doing, it's because he's righteous and it's actually, they act as tools of his righteous judgment, even while they're unaware, right? Mm-hmm. And he says they're going to be caught in their own devices and their own snares anyways. And like, like he laughs and scoffs, right? The global elite for 6,000 years have been working with the third of the, the rebel insurgents that rebelled against God. And they've been plotting and scheming and genetic manipulations and hyper technologies and directed energy weapons and all this stuff that they're doing. And and they, they, they're even going to gather together and raise their weapons skyward. And God's only response is to laugh and scoff. He goes, ha! So listen, right. there ain't nothing catching the Lord off guard. That's Psalm 2, by the way. <laughs> and then he terrifies them in his wrath. So simply. He says, then he terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king in Zion, my holy hill. Nice try, homie. I don't know if he <laughs> says homie, but that, that was a Jamieism, right? So yeah. it's like. Yeah, okay, good, good, good. That's just what's going down. So I go, nothing is out of order. Figure out, Lord, what's my role? God, where do I get in a fight? Maybe it's just fighting against your flesh. Maybe that's all he's going to require of you is that you fight your flesh to the end. And he's like, well done, good and faithful servant. You didn't give in to it. You like, I didn't, I didn't lead masses to Christ. I didn't evangelize the world. I didn't do this. I didn't really, really make a big stir at my state capital or whatever it is. It's like, if you fought your flesh to the end and it didn't overcome you, oh man, the treasure stored up in heaven. You, we can't even conceive of it, you know? Wow. So just ask the Lord, like, where do I get in the fight? Wow. All right. Uh, let's get to this. A couple more questions here. We're getting right toward the end here. Um, uh, let's get to this. Uh, okay, when we all right. So this is it says when when what did Jesus mean in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of uh, children of God." No, well, yeah. Um, notice it says this is a big distinction again. The reductionism of scriptures. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. See the. Secret doctrines of demons that are brought the way in the truth that is reputive conditioned authentic believers to seek to be peacekeepers. A peacemaker is totally different than a peacekeeper. 
right? And so mm-hmm. here you have Christ himself, the Prince of Peace, who says, listen, gents, you got me all wrong. I came to bring a sword. Yet he is literally the Prince of Peace. Like, like he is, our feet are shod with the gospel of peace mm-hmm. because he's a peacemaker. And there's even official military doctrine that is called peace through war. And if you think about the mission set of Christ, we already just wrestled that out there a couple mm-hmm. minutes ago. His mission set was to make peace through war. He's making peace through war. Like you were at enemy with God. You're at enmity. Enmity with God means forcible warfare, bitter rancor, forcible hatred. That's what it means to be at enmity with God. And he comes and makes war. He brings peace through making war against your flesh, against the enemies within and against the enemies without, against your flesh and against the powers of darkness. He makes war, thereby making peace. He's not a peacekeeper. He's a peacemaker. And wow. so there's that's a very definitive distinction that has to be made. So a lot of us go about our lives trying to be peacekeepers when the bottom line is sometimes you need to make peace through war. Like let's say you have adult children that are total like lawless right and they're enemies of god and you go well i don't want to cause any divisions oh i don't want it to be you know tense at christmas this year i don't want to and you're leaving them dead in their trespasses you ought to with a warrior spirit of authentic love and selfless sacrifice go towards them with love and truth not condemnation not self-righteousness not haughtiness and say i'm coming at you to make peace between you and god by war like you're at enemy, you're at enmity with the, a holy God, son or daughter, in a war you don't understand. I'm coming to make peace. Like where once you were an enemy, you can have peace with God. So that's being a peacemaker. Wow, I never, I never heard it uh, said like that, there, Jimmy. I appreciate that. All right. Um, so here's another one. It says, "Behold, the days will come," said the Lord, "I'll send famine in the land, not of bread, but of uh, nor thirst, but hearing the words of God." Uh, or the Lord. So are we in those times now? Yeah, that's Amos 8, right? That's, yeah. that's Amos 8. That's, what, that's yeah. what they were talking about. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it says men will st- stagger like drunkards from north to east searching for the Lord, word of the Lord, but they will not find it. I say that's the true, the true and more horrific famine is not the famine of the global elite. Uh, it's not the chemtrailing. It's not the destruction of our farmland. It's not the buying up of the Chinese. It's not the destroying it with the train derailment by the Russian Spetsnaz in uh, in Ohio as a form of great terror, as a softening before a kinetic invasion. It's a way worse famine. And man does not live on bread alone, but on the very words that come from the mouth of the Lord. And so that's the understanding that we have to get. And the famine in the land will be a famine of the hearing of the word. Or not a hearing of the word, but it will be a counterfeit, perverse word. It'll be what's coming out of Bethel, what's coming out of Hillsong, what's coming out of the Gospel Coalition, what's coming out of Southern Baptist Convention, what's coming out of this ecumenical movement, this counterfeit gospel. Many false prophets will arise and deceive many, proclaiming, I'm the Christ, mm. right? Like, like they're going to bring in the gospel is not going away. People need to understand the church is not going to be obliterated. A super state, a super church backed by the state is going to rise up. And it is the authentic Christians that are going to be stamped out by the antichrist and the B system. Mm. So mm. actually you are, and this could be what's going on at Ash, Ashbury or whatever it's called. Mm. And everywhere mm. is this fomenting of a super state-based religion like in china christianity is not illegal in china 
It's just a state-sponsored Christianity. Christianity is not illegal in communist Russia. It's just a Russian Orthodox-backed degree of Christianity. And Christianity is not illegal in America as long as you're liberal progressive Christianity. Mm -hmm. As long Mm -hmm. as you're that, you're Mm -hmm. totally fine. Mm -hmm. If you're a John MacArthur or whoever else, I don't care if you like him or not. He just became a target. Like if if you're preaching the authentic, unadulterated word of God, now you're an enemy of the state. Mm. So... So if you're if you happen to be in a church and they're saying, hey, we got a great celebration in the month of June, uh, yep. then you might you might be in the wrong church. If, yeah. If they're trying if to sell you on so, that. If your church is social justice warriors, oh, you'll be totally protected. If your church shuttered their shuttered their doors and put on a mask, you're totally you were you were totally protected. Nobody had an issue with you. If your church says love wins and love does, ain't nobody coming for you. If your church says Romans 13, oh my goodness, the government's applauding you and probably funding your pastor, right? So like, mm-hmm. like it's not about, it's not about, the enemy is smart. He's learned over the years. If you come at authentic Christianity head on, it'll spread like wildfire. So taint it and make them think that they're wealthy and in need of nothing. When all the while before a holy God, you made them wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked, and you made them hot vomit in his mouth that he spits out. That's asymmetric warfare 101. Well, Jimmy, we're, at, we're near that the end of the broadcast here, but let's just say I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you three things that Christians must do in these final hours. No, oh, man, yeah. That is Probably a, more than three. <laughs> now, so. Number one is repent and do business with a God who loves you. He is faithful and just to heal you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Repent. Repent of double-mindedness. Repent of licentiousness. Repent of carnality, selfishness, pride. Repent of your victimization, playing victim your whole life. Repent of your grumbling spirit, your woe is me. Repent of a spirit of poverty that might rule and reign your every ounce of your mentation. Repent of not loving his word and eating it as your daily bread. Whatever you, Whatever it is. Repent, for the day the Lord is at hand. The message has never changed from the first advent of Christ all the way to his second coming. Repent, for the day the Lord is at hand. Uh, the the second point I would say is is um, solidify your identity in Christ and build yourself up in resiliency. If your identity is in your husband or wife, if your identity is in your kids, if your identity is in your business or your money, if your identity is in a constitutional republic or the next election, it's going to fail you. All If your identity is in your church or your church brand, it's going to fail you. It must be an identity in Christ alone. It's That's the only thing that is going to overcome all this stuff. And the third thing I would say is seek opportunities to build resiliency into your reality. Again, resiliency emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. How can you become more resilient? Maybe it's just... Get, it's getting uncomfortable. It's called suffering, right? It's called perseverance. It's called endurance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So look for opportunities to increase your resiliency. Uh, maybe it could be this dumbest, silliest thing, just something yet you you don't like to do and you don't want to do, mm. but you choose to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's overcoming these mental blocks that you've built up in your life on things you're willing to do or not willing to do. Places you're willing to go or not willing to go. Conversations you're willing to have or not willing to have. Because I'm telling you what, if you balked at this pandemic, 
you're already behind a power curve. If you balked at the shuttering and the mask wearing, you're already behind a power curve. If you're balking and you're pulling in tight and you're clinging to everything because of the fear of hyperinflation and the devaluation of your dollar, you're already way behind the power curve. That is nothing compared to what's coming. So if you don't have enough resiliency to know the sufficiency of Christ and his love and his provision in your life to where you're pulling in tighter and tighter and tighter with every new intel, with every new article, with every new revelation of the world around you. If you're pulling in tighter and tighter and tighter, you are going to be overwhelmed and overcome by what's coming on the earth. We need to build in resiliency in our lives. Wow. Now, see, that's the fun part of doing a show like this. I get asked questions like to you and put you on the spot but man it didn't phase you one bit and that's what i love about it. you you are ready to answer every man to ask for that hope that's within you jamie walden but hey uh so what are you doing now i mean is this book here still for sale and what's what's uh, how can people reach out to you what's what's going on with jamie walden yeah for sure yeah um yeah you can you can uh get the book omega dynamics equipping a warrior class of christians for the days ahead and it is available on amazon don't send me hater speech okay no christian publisher would touch it period they wouldn't touch it so if i got to use nebuchadnezzar or cyrus to get the word out then i'll use nebuchadnezzar or cyrus right so like You can find it on Amazon. Um, you can get a hold of me or contact me or see what we got going on at omegadynamics.org. So omega omegadynamics.org or also calicobuffalobasecamp.com. That's our camp out here in Colorado. So it's calicobuffalobasecamp.com. Awesome. All right, Jamie Walden, as always, iron sharpening iron tonight for sure, man. Razor sharp, laser sharp. I appreciate you coming on so much. Uh, can we have you on again sometime? Yeah, man, I'm a, I'm always down. <laughs> you know, sometimes we do light and funny shows. Sometimes we can get, you know, get, get hot and heavy on things. So, you know, we, we can, there's always a broad range of topics that are going on that are prescient and uh, worth speaking to. Okay. Well, I appreciate you so much and stay safe, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Okay. All right. Bye-bye.